We're a road runner. Yes. Yes. Welcome to the Wage of Cinema. I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. And uh, boy, we're just going to get right into it here today on Wages of Cinema and uh, present to you our latest in the uh, What the Devil is That series. For those of you who don't know yet, uh, What the Devil is That is a segment we've come up with where Jack and I try to find films that neither of us has heard of. Or seen, but you know, especially because we haven't heard of them, we haven't seen them. Exactly. And then we watch them and we tell you about them because we love you. Yes, and we want to try to help you, too, because sometimes we, you know, kind of need to do that on this show. And, uh, and how, in the, yeah. In the case of this, uh, this, this movie, um, I think especially so, um, now the movie that we're going to talk about is called Endangered Species. Where they came from is unknown. What they did was unheard of. If they aren't stopped now, there may be no hope for the future. species it's not science fiction anymore <laughs> now <laughs> you're still laughing about it yeah. <laughs> now here's the thing i uh, i actually i guess i could say i give credit to another podcast for informing me about this movie uh there's a really wonderful uh podcast called 80s all over uh where these two film critics drew mcweeney and scott weinberg are going month by month through every month of the 80s and every movie that was released. All 120 of them. Yeah, 120,000. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, but it, it's quite an epic task. And this movie came up on a recent episode, and uh, I had never heard of it. Like they, And that happens with a lot of titles, they say. But something about this sounded kind of intriguing. Um, now, what... Oh, now, what about this got your attention? Um, I think it was just uh, that it was dealing with um, it. It had the air of mystery of possibly being about UFOs and uh, cows, and it also had uh, a few actors from uh, Spielberg movies, such or, as. Well, I, I mentioned them uh, before we were watching it, but. Uh, um, now the main star of this actually isn't a Spielberg guy. His name is uh, Robert Urich, uh, who I think was in Lonesome Dove and a couple other things. But the other actors in it um, are uh, Joe Beth Williams, who right. you might remember as the mother in uh, Poltergeist. You also have uh, Hoyt Axton, uh, who plays uh, Ben Morgan. Uh, he is the he's known as the father in Gremlins. He also did a voice in the Civil War. Oh, great. Yeah. Actually, there's another uh, Ken Burns voice uh, actor in this, also from E.T. Uh, you got uh, Peter Coyote. Yes. pops up. Uh, He's the not... new David McCullough. Yeah, sure. There's also <laughs> another guy that they mentioned uh, 
who I've seen a few things. This guy, Paul Dooley, uh, he was actually, I think, in uh, 16 Candles as the dad, and he's been in a couple of the Christopher Guest movies. And... Lots of dads, lots of moms in this. Yeah, lots of dads, lots of moms. You even got a tiny bit of Dan Hedaya. And, I don't know, I just wanted to, you know, it, they, they mentioned a number of films that I haven't heard of, but this one just, I like the title. Yeah. I, I, I it can't, I, I wish I could say it was something a little bit deeper than that. I tried to block out the things they said about the movie, <laughs> and maybe I should have listened a little bit more closely. <laughs> Okay, so endangered species. Let me give you the uh, let me give you the rundown. Oh boy, endangered... you listen to Andrew now. All right. He's going to tell you. A retired cop and his estranged sixteen-year-old daughter end up in a Colorado town called Buffalo, where they ex- are experiencing random cattle mutilations. Yeah, and uh, and you know, the, the... and there's a sheriff played by Joe Beth Williams who's just uh, in there, and she's uh, a. a awesome sheriff trying to get to the bottom of this and he's she... trying to be a lady sheriff in this crazy world and it's you know not easy when you have you know grabby hands robert urich around yeah it's kind of weird actually <laughs> we'll get more into that in, the, in a minute but but um... it's about them and a journalist investigating these uh cattle mutilations and the intrigues that pop up as they dive deeper and deeper into the problem yeah and uh and the way that so here's the weird thing about this movie to start start off with. Weird thing number one. Okay, so the director of this film is not really known as a a genre movie director. Like he doesn't usually make action or sci-fi type of stuff. The director of this movie is named Alan Rudolph. Okay. And in case you don't know who that is, uh, you might not because he's not. He he's been he's been mostly an independent filmmaker. He started out as a a protege of Robert Altman. Okay. He uh, was like he was an assistant director, I think. On uh, I thought I recognized the influence of Mash on this. Well, there's a there's a bit of Altman in this. I think you could say really because I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Altman, if he was on one of his bad days. Um, okay. No, uh, he mostly has is known... Well, he started off as an assistant director. I think he might even have been assistant director on Ma- on Nashville. No, no, oh, okay. And he mostly had a career where he made like these quirky uh, comedies and dramas and kind of dark type of movies. Um, I haven't seen most of them. One was called Choose Me. Uh, another was called Remember My Name. Um, he actually did an adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's Breakfast of Champions, huh. which I hear is terrible, and uh, <laughs> I actually haven't watched it for that, like, the, there's only one person I know who likes it, I'm not going to say his name on the air, but he's kind of a mutual friend of ours. <laughs> the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Yes, exactly. But I did see one movie he made, I'm actually looking through his group... I saw a film that he made, this is years and years ago, called The Secret Lives of Dentists. Okay. And it was actually a good movie. It was about uh, this husband and wife who are dentists and their kind of marriage problems. And uh, Dennis Leary appears to the guy, to the dentist, dentist as... Leary. Yeah. Actually, it's, that's pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Just pulled that one out of my butt. Yeah, it's not bad. Good butt pull. Um... <laughs> Um, he, he appears as like a vision. To the, so the point I'm making is why he 
made this? I don't know. I assume it was for the job. The yeah, it probably was. Um, because this is like pure '80s, low rent, low budget. Let's put out something that's a little sci-fi and a little intriguing. And it's, it's kind of like the. I I haven't seen this series, but I'll presume that you know more about it than I have. Yeah. It seems like something that would help go on to inspire the series Stranger Things. Oh my god, I was going to mention that, and I was going to mention X-Files. Yeah. Stranger Things is, yeah, because Stranger Things is set in that early 80s, small town, not much going on, uh, but there's like a conspiracy thing going on. Type. Yeah. yeah, this is like, this, yeah, I mean, obviously Stranger Things got inspired by other properties. I... I I have a feeling the guys who made Stranger Things did not see this. Uh, but it's, it exists in that same vein. Yeah, that's... It, it shares a little bit of DNA with with E.T. and with uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's that sort of government cover-up, something weird's going on sort of thing. Which, which is not necessarily a bad foot to start with. No. If you have some type of direction you want to take it in. If you want to have something to say about it, because obviously even though this is 1982 when this is made, this is still coming off of a time when people were paranoid and, you know, had conspiracy theories about things. This is a year after uh, the movie Blowout, which also kind of dealt with conspiracy and uh, cover-ups and things like that. The weird thing about this is its subject matter, cattle mutilations. Yeah, which... Now, which have been over, now, which have been over time attributed to various causes. Yeah, it's not all simply of which UFOs. are all of which are sinister. Yeah, now, back yeah. back in the early back in the seventies, people believed it's UFOs. Uh, yeah, that government was covering up UFOs. That aliens were uh, dissecting cows for some reason because <laughs> that was their goal at the time. Uh, yeah, and I, I, it, you know, of all things, I first. I didn't even know that was a thing, like, with UFOs mewling cows until the first episode of South Park. <laughs> <laughs> right. The very first episode of South Park was actually all about that. Where the, the title of that one was Cartman Gets an Animal Probe. Back in that t- back when I first heard of that, it's like, you, aliens mutilating cows. And I'm just like, really? Cows are your target? Even back when I was a kid, I was skeptical of this. It's like... I because you know I come from like a media world where it's like oh aliens abduct people and then they they examine them and they're like if you could just do that why would you bother with cows it's like are aliens just know. dumb and can't tell the difference well, maybe thought... they want to learn about our produce or something maybe but then <laughs> well, further on you get into the late the late seventies and the early eighties and people start attributing uh, cattle mutilations to satanic sacrifices yeah that that comes up also in this film like at one point. Uh, on a car is written Satan was here. Right. And then later on they're 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 attributed to the chupacabra which hadn't been a what? thing by the time you don't know about the chupacabra? Can you remind me cuz that, that name sounds familiar. Chupacabra is like is like a much more modern monster where people think that there's this like giant like rat-like being that kind of hops like a kangaroo. And it's kind of indeterminate what it is and what it looks like. I get, I'm assuming that it originated from Mexico. Right. Uh, but the, the chupacabra is basically just this animal that preys on livestock. It, it literally means the goat sucker. 
Because people thought it sucked blood from goats. Mm -hmm. But, you know, then that goes on to cattle, and it's like... But here's the point. It's not any of those things in real life. Well, it tries... Yeah. (laughs) Well, the thing about this movie is that it touches on a number of conspiracy theories, and this isn't a spoiler alert. This is just to tell you about the movie. This movie is just chock-a-block full of red herrings. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing you gotta know up front if you somehow stumble on this. Uh, it's 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 actually free to watch on YouTube if you're curious to check it out. Only the best movies are free to watch on YouTube. <laughs> like uh, Siege of the Saxons. Correct. Which was another one of our kind of turkeys in Yay. the series. <laughs> but it's a very odd movie. I don't, I won't say it's odd. It's just you actually that... called a lot of the things that were gonna happen in this. It, yeah, it feels very familiar. Yeah, uh, it's there. There are no surprises in this film. Well, and it feels. I don't, awful... about, I don't know about surprises. I think. Well, let me put it this way: it was a little bit sleazier than I expected. In certain it feels aspects. a lot like a mystery science theater movie. Uh, yeah, this well, is I, the well, kind of film they would have, uh, like a very low budget uh, '80s film, which would deal with something. Uh, we it, deal with this subject matter. It, it, maybe it's a little bit higher class for them. Well, well, here's the thing. I mean, some of the cast, I'm not going to say they do a very good job, but you don't have Joe Don Baker or Joe Estevez. But there are Joe Don Baker and Joe Estevez parts. <laughs> there kind of are. I guess, yeah, I guess... There are so I guess many. Joe Don Baker could have been the Hoyt Axton, or uh... there are so many tubby white men with cowboy hats. <laughs> yes, that's local. It sounds like they were planning for to cast three Joe Don Bakers. Actually, you know, <laughs> this also reminded me of um, there was this uh, Corman movie I watched uh, this past year when I was doing my kind of Corman series um, called Humanoids from the Deep, and that reminded me a little bit of that as far as having like. Yeah. You know, chubby white guys in hats who are like <laughs> talking about conspiracies and like cover ups and things like that. Right. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I will say this movie didn't go for anything as cheesy as that did. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's trying to play it serious. It's just that anytime you think that, like, you know, like they they try to make a like one serious point where Joe Beth Williams, you know, she's the sheriff. She's just trying to keep things together in her town. You know, like there's a point where uh, Robert Urich gets into a, a bar fight for almost like no reason, and she tries to tell him, "Look, I know these people. I've lived with them my whole life. You gotta not do that." Right. And maybe if the movie had been more about that, if they had really focused more on building up their relationship, but that's also really scattered. They they really push this romance between Joe Beth Williams. Well, that's and what was sleazy Robert about Urich. it. Yeah, because there's a point where Robert Urich just, I guess they have a conversation or two, but then midway through the movie, he just stumbles into her house drunk. Yeah, and basically pulls her into like the shower, and like tries to fondle her, and then it also does that thing that I don't like that uh, Halloween three did, Season of the Witch. Which I, I'm, oh, you've seen Halloween three? I have, yeah. I saw it a couple years ago. Oh, I, I'm gonna say something which might anger some fans. I I kind of find that movie 
I don't know if I could use the word overrated because the movie wasn't liked, and it's then not, it's found I, a cult I would, audience. I wouldn't say it's rated in the no. first place. Well, well, no. I for a while Halloween three was kind of dumped on uh, because I think the general thing was people were like, oh, this doesn't have Michael Myers. <laughs> This movie. <laughs> but since then, like, it's found a cult audience, and I came to it after that cult audience had been established. And when I watched, I just watched it as a movie unto itself. And I found, like, I found part of the concept interesting, but I also found the main character and the forced romance in that really obnoxious and offensive. I, before the rope. <clears throat> Sorry. So the point is. As the romance season. Season of the Witch. It's not as good <laughs> as you've heard, but. Yeah, if you gotta watch it, it's not the worst Halloween movie. All right, and that should wrap it up. Yeah. If you guys would like to no. know more about Halloween season of the witch, then you should listen to our podcast, or at... just listen to John Carpenter's score for the movie, which is better. Okay. Um, but here's the thing: they they push this romance on us. Uh, by the third scene, those two characters have together, she is coming on to him hard. Even though they've had two meetings before this, one where he or where he she gives him like a ticket, yeah, and she clearly doesn't like him. The second is that bar fight that he tries to help her with, and she yells at him, yeah, and it's just like, and then suddenly we have this shift. She's like, "Oh, you're jogging. You want to ride?" And like, yeah, "Oh, come with me right. on this police call." And it's just you know, there's potential there. They're both lawmen and uh, law people. All right, fine. <laughs> All right, no, no. They're both lawmen, and they're both, uh, you know, trying to figure something out. He could be naturally curious. She has to do her job. Yes. But, I mean, like, you, you got to, like, show them working together and and helping each other out. Yeah. That's how that's how romances become believable in, in movies. You don't have two disagreements, and then suddenly, hey, you're hot. Well, well, Stranger Things, I think, is, you know, sometimes you hear about you make a movie or or create something as a criticism of something else. Right. Stranger Things, intentionally or not, feels like a criticism of endangered species. Wow. Because in that, you have, uh, like, the sheriff in that story and Winona Ryder uh, forming a relationship and trying to solve whatever is going on in this town. But then you also have, like, the the, the kids and their storyline. Yeah. And you get to develop that pretty well. In this, you, you've made a good point that... The, the the ex-cop, Robert Urich, having a daughter is so incidental. Yeah. But, like, uh, in, in a way, it drives the plot. It gives him a reason to be going where he is. And she does do something at one point. Yeah, and she does one thing. But then he tries to send her away, but then she's kind of just uses a plot device, which I called. You called it. <laughs> I didn't feel sorry for her because, like, without saying what happened, she kind of let herself get in that this situation. situation is kind of of her own doing well but, and it's and and more than that it's basically the writers cheating us yeah well also the problem is the script is it has issues but also the the editing jumps around kind of haphazardly i think that's where i got a little bit of the mystery science theater feel where whenever they try to make a reference to these quote-unquote abductions going on they are presented in such a way that is you know really kind of cheap they they, they presented in a way that makes the cow mutilation seem almost incidental to the movie they're in 
I guess. Especially in the, mostly in the beginning, because we have these scenes between the sheriff yeah. and Robert Ulrich and his daughter, mm-hmm. and they're just like going, they're eventually going to come together, but they're going their separate ways. And then it, it intercut between those two storylines are images of cows being captured. Yes. And then just dumped. And it's just like... No, this has nothing to do with anything going on right now. Yeah, and you're all, you're just showing me weird things, um, you know, like er, you know, proto David Lynch, sort of. I don't know if you could call those cutaways that. You brought that up. I've got more of a Lynch vibe from some of the indoor car driving shots. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's Diane. Just... I'm entering the town of Twin Peaks. Diane, I'm entering the town of Buffalo. This town sucks. Uh, <laughs> Even Dale Cooper wouldn't have had much to say about this. Yeah. Um, it, it, it. I mean, again, there, there's a lot of... They're, they're trying to build up some mystery. Um, but it feels like we're watching... <laughs> but it feels like we're watching a movie about a, a cop and a sheriff, but they intercut some random scenes of cow mutilation. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and trying to... Yeah, again, building a mystery on that... You have moments where, like, these mysterious trucks go by that seem like trucks have dual that run people off the roads and go fast no matter, you know, who cares what's going on. And the... I feel like this case should be solved a lot quicker than it is. In a way, there there are almost no obstacles for them to overcome. It's like, if they do their research, they'll be able to come up with the answers they need. It's not as if there took, there was any significant detective work on the part of no. both the cop and the sheriff no, in and, order to figure out what was going on. <laughs> no, I mean, I know that there's a danger element in that there are these, you know, scary people working for the, for this company and, you know, they, they go, they go out of their way to quote, you know, to kill people, but but it doesn't happen until they start investigating. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what was the big crime here? We lost four cows. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was worth a man's life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it's Buffalo, Wyoming, by the way. Wyoming? It was in Colorado. I think it... I don't know. I'm looking at a review. It says Buffalo, Wyoming. No, that review is wrong. It was in Colorado. There was a Colorado flag in the beginning of of the of the movie, oh. and they said Colorado several times. Okay. Whoever reviewed that film is wrong. Well, well, it's funny though that you bring that up because there was that one moment where it just cuts to like snowy landscape, right? And we wondered, wait, when did it snow? Yeah. <laughs> now I know that. In Colorado, I think that there are parts where you like I, I I remember my dad went out to not Colorado but Nevada or, or, or parts of California or Arizona or places like that, and there are some parts where you might be driving oh. along and everything's normal, but then you get like to a mountainous area and there's snow all of a sudden. Yeah, they're not called the Colorado Rockies for nothing. So <laughs> yeah, there are mountains there. That, I'll accept that. Yeah, it's just there's, that. but there's a weird editing choice where it's like, oh, we're gonna. Go- Clearly, the characters have gone some distance yeah. in cars to a place where there's snow, but we never see a shot of them driving or them going anywhere. Yeah, they're just kind of at the location. Yeah, you need to have like just just throw a shot where they're where a car's moving on the road. 
And then Give put a nice fade sense. in between yeah, to show the passage of time. This movie lacks some basic editing skills. And again, this wasn't his first movie, Alan Rudolph's. Like, th- this is just, you know, he, he must have either been off his game or maybe the calculation part was like an afterthought for him. He's like, oh, I got to do this. I just want to do a movie about these two cops. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, it, it, either way, it doesn't end up being a good film about cattle mutilations or about two cops. Yeah. And maybe you could have had, I don't know, maybe that also the, you know, I'm sometimes forgiving if they, if the main couple have a bit of chemistry or something. And I like Joe Beth Williams, but this guy, Robert Urich is a little bit of a stiff. Yeah. And, and he comes off just sleazy. Yeah, that that's as I mentioned. He, he, he that wonder, scene where he's drunk off his ass, stumbling the apartment. You wonder, like, why, why, why is she putting up with this? Yeah. Okay, he's okay. She he's didn't a put retired, up with him when he was sober. Yeah, I mean, okay, he's a New York ex-cop. He's not a cop here. Yeah, why don't you just arrest? I mean, eventually he does get arrested for something, but that's like way into the movie, right? Um. So, I don't know, we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff with this film so far, and we haven't been recording for long, but I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, it it's not very, it's not very good. No, it's just not very good. <laughs> Again, I think I think this ultimately comes down to the fact that you've chosen to make a film about the mystery of cattle mutilation. And not only that, you also try to heap on this like international intrigue horseshit at one point yes. they mentioned the russians yeah and and let's let's talk briefly also about how the the movie begins and ends okay because the movie begins with some text and also ends with the same does it begin and open with the same text or no are they... there are two different passages the first one is in it, it says basically here's the gist of it in 1969, the U.S. Congress banned testing of chemical and biological weapons. Right. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> Which, there's no context to that at all. That's how I was, I was, I was trying to wonder, I, I was wondering you how were, that... You were, but this movie started you on the wrong foot, because that's like, you, you were immediately like, what is this crap? Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering how that was going to fit into the movie, yeah. but the end of the film. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess we could talk about spoilers. Sure. Don't we? Okay. Uh, the I mean, end of the film says, since 1969, there have been ten thousand cattle mutilations. Yeah, did it say that much? I think so. Basically, like how says, did? Well, no, estimated. Okay. There have been yeah since 1969. There have been estimated 10,000 cumulations, and I was just thinking, clearly wow. the implication of this film. I mean, the, the whole plot revolves around this. Yeah, but clearly, okay. Here, let me <laughs> let, you, you, let me go back and talk about what exactly this film is all about. Yeah, as we as the film progresses, we find out that there is some sort of shadowy government agency which is testing chemical weapons on cows. They're doing it in secret because chemical weapons and germs are banned from testing. So you can't do it. So they're doing it in super secret mode to try to to keep up with the Russians and make sure that uh, nobody finds out. Yeah. Okay. So 
<laughs> this is supposed to be a. This is supposed to be the solution to the mystery of why there are cattle mutilations, mm-hmm. and the film presents itself as being culled from this evidence about what happens in cattle mutilations in real life. It's like, oh, it looks like the, this this cattle was mutilated without a knife. The, all the internal organs were gone, and lots of different sections were cut out. Which, when you actually research it, are, are all garbage. Because, <laughs> But the real story of cattle mutilations aside, if we take this film on its own merits... Yeah, if we try to look at it as a, as a film that's using this... I don't know if gimmick is the word, but this hot topic. Right. Uh, so, what the ending, what that little postscript, like 10,000 cattle mutilations, implies is that because the co- Congress has banned testing on uh, of, of chemical weapons, that this is being done in secret and cows are being mutilated to test weapons. Yeah, so is it like... Is the title referring to, like... Oh, God, I have no idea what the title is supposed to refer to. Uh, what's the enda- cows are the endangered species? Is man the endangered species now? Yeah. What, what The title is a terrible title. Yeah. Like, yeah, this title doesn't work at all. Like, it might have worked if maybe you were showing that cows are becoming, like, endangered, but they're not. I, but if you talk about, like, 1982, this film came out, right? Yeah. Between 1960, 69 and 1981, I mean, we have, like, 13, 1969 and 1982. 1982. 13 years. 13 years. 13 years. We're talking about 10,000 cattle in, in, in so that's 13 a th- years? Like, that's on average. That's, like, that's a drop in the bucket. Do you know how, how many cattle Americans probably ate in those years? Yeah. Ex- oh, God, yeah. Uh, it's insane, like, how many cows are killed every but year. here's the other crazy thing let's just take the whole film on its merits and let's go by its own internal logic yeah, yeah okay the government is kidnapping random cattle from the countryside using silent helicopters and using super secret tools which leave no regular cut marks in order to test these illegal weapons on just cows first of all First Why of, does the government need to steal cows? Yeah, it, the, <laughs> if you have the budget for he, he, super secret laser scalpels <laughs> and super secret silent helicopters, yes. Why can't you just lay down a few thousand bucks for a few head of cattle? You know what it is because this movie has its head up its own horse's oh. ass. Because like, wait, 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 you, you I'm could, not done. Okay, please. I'm not done. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> if it's like let's say Lerman that you list. do kidnap these cattle and mm-hmm. you subject them to these experiments, yes, why on earth would you leave the evidence out where it's easily discovered? <laughs> yeah, that was You'd... something that we both like thought about watching this. It's like you're 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 leaving these cows out in the open who where... are cut open in a way that you know. Other animals eating the cows is out of the question because they're cut open in such a way where only a knife can do it. Like, why? I, you're supposed to be a secret government agency. Yeah. You couldn't spend a few extra minutes to dig a hole or to incinerate your cattle 
and prevent the spread of a disease which you seem to be spread which you seem to be testing on these cows it, it, it and i think it's it, the, and there's no consistency that how the the government acts either like these third agents. okay sorry why do you need you only you've clearly spent gone to the trouble to develop silent helicopters and laser scalpels and you have in got, order and to, you have like dan hedea who's your hitman right and <laughs> in order to keep this secret but you don't take the proper, necessary, other easy steps to make sure this is a secret. Clearly, you're trying to throw people off with silent helicopters and laser scalpels because, oh, these couldn't be done by an ordinary exactly. man. Yeah. So you you spend a lot of money and effort on the really hard stuff while the really easy stuff, like hiding your mutilated cattle and buying them in the first place, uh, you skimp on because apparently that's not that the if, important If you part. have these helicopters, <laughs> here's an idea. If you have a helicopter that's silent and going through, how about you pick up your mutilated cattle and take it away? You are I, needlessly the... heaping on to, your, to the UFO conspiracists. And okay, maybe your thought is... Well, nobody's going to believe them anyway because UFO conspiracy theorists are nuts. But by that time in like the late 70s, early 80s, UFO theories were really gaining traction in the popular consciousness. So, yeah. I mean, what what is your end game here? Are you just fucking with people? Or are you, like, <laughs> are you just totally incompetent? Because you're not incompetent in other ways as far as spending money, spending spending taxpayer money, by the way. Number four. <laughs> oh boy, you're not done yet. The head, the mayor of the town is in on the plot to silently test weapons on cattle. And he wants to cover everything up when he can't control his own sheriff, his own town newspaper, his own town council, or anybody else in his town who wants to know about it. So you decide to kill him Okay, now who's going to run the town and cover up? You have to bring someone else in. Yeah. How are you going to make sure that he stays quiet? I don't know. It's no, yeah. This is a plot point. They try to kill the, the they kill the mayor. And the, oh, number 5. They <laughs> kill him in the most graphic way possible by giving him some sort of drug that makes him explode. Ah, yeah. Uh, well, not after killing another man with a heart attack. So clearly, they have heart attack technology. They yeah, you're not going to bring any attention to your government program by making people explode. This is in the movie. You have to see it to understand. No, in the way that they also show it, it's needlessly graphic. Like Alan Rudolph decides, like, oh, I'm gonna have a moment where I go some Tom Savini on your ass and yeah. have some like over-the-top gore and <laughs> and it just the film makes zero sense with even within its own context whether you yeah. believe in ufos or cattle mutilations you can or still have something not. work within its context <laughs> yeah i mean jfk is not a truthful movie yeah well i mean okay we'll, we'll talk about what truth is <laughs> all right let's let's uh, JFK is not a factual movie, but presented within its own terms, it's damned entertaining and damned intriguing. Yeah, it, it has its <laughs> own it, it has its own consistency that it creates for itself. Yeah, as far as a narrative, as far as like if even if like if you would ne if if JFK wasn't a real person, the people who were in the movie were not real. The movie still works like gangbusters, in part because the performances are great, but yeah. also because. 
the writing. And, yeah, exactly. And 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 the filmmaking craft of Oliver Stone. Yeah, which all combined to create this epic uh, thriller of 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 a, of a film. And this film has no internal logic. Uh, that makes it at all compelling. Yeah, it, man. Also, we got to talk about the score. Oh, for a second let's the talk movie. about the score. Because sometimes a score can help, you know, create a mood for for a movie. I mean, uh, you know, I know that you've complained a bit about, like, for example, like Dario Argento's films. Yes, but you can't deny that, like, the scores for those movies are, you know, pretty. They're compelling. You know, they they're they're atmospheric. They create they a have... mood at yeah. least that draws you in, even if when you question the story. You could still watch a scene, and it creates some tension and su- suspense. Yeah, and I mean, Suspiria. Things. I still don't like it after seeing it six times, but <laughs> you know, I, I respect Goblin and what they did in that film uh, with uh, with their with their very eighties score. If the movie feels no, that was a slightly seventies. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it the the score though sounds just like uh, I made the joke that it's like. You you wanted to get Ennio Morricone. He wasn't available, so get his uh, discount uh, replacement, Benio Morricone. Yeah, it feels like I I told you this. It feels like Ennio Morricone's score for the thing never got off the drawing board. Yeah, or, or no, it's it got the drawing board, and whoever scored it decided to use Space Invader music at times. Yeah, where you hear like pew 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 pew. Like, on the soundtrack... This was scored by a man overnight with his Casio keyboard. <laughs> yeah, he got his cat to score this movie. Yeah. Um, This movie kind of feels like... It kind of feels incomplete. Maybe. I don't know. How maybe, so? Uh, it... it uh, I don't know. Like, maybe portions of the story were removed at some point. I don't know. Maybe there was, like something that made a little bit more sense for this movie. Like maybe there was an, even just an additional five or 10 minutes that helped clear a few things up or gave a little bit of extra character. I'm not saying it would have made it like monumentally better, but maybe it would have been a little bit more cohesive so that we could at least follow the logic of the movie, even if like you still had stock characters like Hoyt Axton and uh, I, I and stopped, everybody, I kind of stopped caring about whether the the story flowed or whether it had any. Yeah, or, I think or whether s- there there was any sort of yeah. cause and effect or any sort by of character development. Point, because, we were just riffing on the movie. Yeah, the, I, I started stopped worrying about the writing as soon as I saw how confused this film's logic was. Yeah, if you can't have a sort of logic, then no dialogue and no amount of mm-hmm. of scene writing is going to make anything make sense. I will say a couple of nice things about the movie. Okay. I like Joe Beth Williams a lot. She's, you know, always, a, you know, she, she's always there to work. And she does, I think, better than most of her male co-stars. And, you know, she is actually, I'm glad the movie gave, you know, they made the sheriff a woman and that she's clearly very competent. She's more competent than the mayor. Yeah. Um, I like some of the cinematography. There are certain shots that were striking, like in the climax. There are some. There are these scenes where, like, thirty or forty cars or something like that are all driving at once to across a dark desert. Across a dark desert, and that was that was pretty terrific. Yeah, you know, like there are other little moments here and there. Like some thought went into that shot. Some thoughts went into a number of shots in this movie. Like I can actually say that if you were just 
want if you wanted to watch this movie with the sound off okay why would you do that but uh secondly uh but you would have a few impressive images see if dark side of the moon sinks up to it <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to say something nice um, I know you're trying. It's just the more you try, the less I t- seriously I take you. <laughs> I, I'm not talking about the story part of it. I'm just talking about certain visuals here and there. Now, there are some visuals that are also kind of messy. The fact that when they're showing these calculations, especially early on, you almost aren't sure what you're looking at. And the way that they edit it together looks like, again, they're trying to cheat the audience. That's the thing that also annoys it, me. It tries to make it look like these are aliens clearly they're not no and they're not you're, you're looking at from the some... first shot of something that might be an alien you're like that's not an alien i mean they try to almost cheat they almost try to sneak something where they have a shot of a ship that looks like it could be an alien you know would have made this a little bit more interesting what if the government actually were what if you really were led to believe seriously that these were like alien ships they weren't just helicopters like if the government actually went out of its way to create um like ships or things that looked like alien ships and still just to grab cattle that they could easily buy uh give a better reason why they're getting the cows and then maybe you have something maybe this is just the best way to get a good decent steak If the whole thing had been like a giant gag where it's just like, look, we have these silent helicopters. There are lots of cows out there. No one will miss them. Maybe the <laughs> maybe the, if they also or maybe they could have just gone totally batshit crazy and included like a where in the story that the government is get conspiracy theory up the ass. Make it about like the 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 government's working on the the cattle because they are like testing hormones. They're looking to... for, for a very specific cow. Well, no, no, they're, they're, no, not even that. They're they're doing it so they can, you know, mess with the American public's uh, growth or or I don't know, do something nefarious like that. I don't know. If they had made it a stupid reason, I may, would have been, been happy. They're they're testing the cows to see that if they can implant sonar into the meat that will sustain cooking fine so they can yeah. track uh americans right i'm i'll just i'll i'll, I'll go into deep uh dish on your head territory to make they were looking for the king of the cows so they could kidnap <laughs> him and make all cows do their bidding <laughs> the, the kingdom of the crystal cows yeah <laughs> they were in the space between spaces that's but, my bad John Hurt. Nice. Anyway. Uh, but uh, but this film isn't really worth rewriting in your head because it's just, it, it's it's so ridiculous. No, I was just trying to make... I know, you're doing your best. You're, you're, st- you're, you're doing your best. It's just, you know, all right, we just reviewed Downsizing. And yes. that one had, so, and that movie had so much potential. Uh, a lot of it, which, which was wasted. Watch or listen to our Downsizing review. Yes. Uh, but this one doesn't have any potential because it's just like a bunch of cows got killed. Yes. And okay, weird. All right. But there's not a lot of possibility in there. Any yeah. any reason you come up for for people mutilating cows it, it is bound to be underwhelming because what possible stakes could you include stakes? Ah! Ah! <laughs> what like how could you possibly raise the stakes enough to make cow <laughs> mutilation a pressing concern? 
Yeah, well, the thing is, too, you're dealing with, like, a handful of cows. If it was in... all the cows. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it's <laughs> This movie is way too small. It's too low budget. If you're going to do this plot, you need to go all out and make it, like, a super conspiracy. You need to go, like, the lengths of, like, a Neil Breen film. <laughs> like, which is, you know, Neil Breen is the worst filmmaker alive. I don't Believe me, but there's something more... riveting about his work and his process. Because his films, they're, they're movies about conspiracies that make no sense. I... And there is negative talent going on there. But there is something about his work where it's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. But this isn't as interesting bad what as Neil Breen. This is no. just like... Eh. Right, exactly. That's my review of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Make a cow sound. You're like the uh, the baby from Eraserhead. No, that's I can't do a sound like that. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, if you could have maybe made it about how the government is working on all the cows, but yeah. ten thousand, yeah, as you said, that's like a that's nothing. Ten thousand sounds like a lot on screen, but like in this movie, it's like maybe five or six cows die. In a world which is full of, in a region, in a town, which is populated by ranchers who probably have thousands of cattle. Yeah. And they get all upset over four. It's a, yeah. And okay, you don't want your cows to die, especially if some jerk is just killing them for fun and doing whatever. Well, that's why I said that maybe this could have made like a passable X-Files episode, but that's because X-Files, you have like more of like a episodic structure you're not this is like you could dedicate a ha- an hour episode of the x-files to cattle mutilation yeah and maybe you could get some type of plot about that and maybe the and the x-files also would have made it weirder like, yes this movie doesn't get weird enough no it's not weird enough maybe if you like... had maybe if it was like what if it was, i know I'm, I, I shouldn't keep trying to put thought into this movie but i can't help it i'm trying to help you out here as as screenwriter mfa jack all right i'll take it i'll take it lay it on me make like you could have had like let's say the uh peter coyote character is just completely gonzo yeah maybe he's like a rogue agent of the government and he likes having sex with cows Sure, maybe he's creating human cow God, hybrids. So we might as well. He's making human cow hybrids. This is like the uh, this is like the Takashi Miike movie Gozu. Go look yeah. it up. Um, yeah, if you had him be like a totally wired crazy no you don't have like Coy- Dennis Hopper. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Instead <laughs> of Pierre Coyote, you get Dennis Hopper. I'm gonna have all these cows, man. They're mine. And what are they going to say about a man that he was a good cow? <laughs> he was a kind cow? I should have been a pair of hooves. Calling. You, could have, you could have had... Yeah, like, you need to make it weirder. It's it's a total who gives a shit plot. Yeah. I didn't care. I didn't care a wink about this stuff. No. All right, that's the whole... That, I think that can close out our review pretty Hold much. Hold on. Hold on. I think I can fit one more thing into this. Let me think for a minute. <laughs> Uh, I, I okay, there's one thing I want really? to say. It, there should have been more Peter Coyote. Well, who he was actually pretty decent when he, he popped up. He was hamming it up and having like a good time doing it. He was making threats. He was saying r- ridiculous things. He had energy, and you know he's got he's got that great voice. Yes. Uh, so 
he should have been in this more. He should have been, like, in there from the beginning. Even if, like, we didn't know who he was, we should have seen him talking. We should have seen him doing evil stuff and, like, rubbing his hands together and yeah. raising his eyebrows. I don't know. Like, but it needed more of him. Yeah, it needed more of him or he, it needed he, other... Or you needed to have other crazy character actors. Uh, you know, like, get, like... Uh, uh, like Willem Dafoe or something. To actually get Joe Don Baker would have been great. Actually, that that might have been fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe Don Baker. I think no, I don't think we really take Joe Don Baker seriously. But whenever he's in a movie, it kind of lightens up. Really, I've seen him actually in a couple of legitimate movies. Oh yeah, he was in GoldenEye and a few yeah. a few of the other James Bond movies. And you know, he's not exactly the most memorable part of those movies. But when he's in there, you're just like, oh yeah. Not not yeah. every movie he's in was Mitchell. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you've seen. Uh, if you've somehow seen Dangered Species and have any thoughts, uh, you can email us at wage. At, at wage I'm not at laughing at you. I'm just saying if 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 you've seen anybody it, then... outside of the '80s all over crowd is you, seen you it. know what we're talking about. You're sharing the in joke with right. us, buddy.